Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Hello, and welcome to today's session where we will be talking all about how to pace your school year, even when scheduling isn't your favorite thing. I'm Sunny, Sunlight's community manager and a Sunlight mom of two, and joining me today are Jen and Lisa. So ladies, let's start with some introductions. Jen, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm Jen. I have been homeschooling four kids for 21 years. I have two graduates and um, I have two still left in school. And um, yeah, I am not a, a box checker. I'll just say that up front. I, I am just not. And I sometimes have wished I could be, but um, you know, unbox checkers will unite in our own time, in our own way, but not on a schedule. All right, Lisa, do you wanna go? I'm Lisa, I have three children and I'm a retired homeschool mom. So I graduated my last in May. She just came home yesterday from her first semester of college. So currently um, back in the nest, but mostly doing the empty nester situation. Um, But we used sunlight all the way through my girl's schooling career. Um, So that's the place that I speak from. Well, great. Thank you both for being here. Um, and Jen, you already alluded to the fact that some people are box checkers. You are not one. I'm kind of a reformed box checker uh, where I was very much a box checker when I started homeschooling. But as time has gone on and our lives have become busier, the kids are older, I am less of a box checker now. Um, and some people are very much not that box checker. They don't like a schedule. Um, so can you give us some examples for how you might plan your school year when you're not a regimented person? Um, sure. I, I pick all of our curriculum. So I get out whatever sunlight year we're using. I make sure I have all my materials. I choose our math. I decide what language arts supplements we're using. And then I don't schedule anything day to day. Um, if we're doing math, then today you're doing the first page and maybe two if it's easy, or if I feel like you need more practice or whatever, and then tomorrow we'll start from there and keep going. And we've never, um, not gotten it done. Like we have had occasionally a year where a math book takes a few extra weeks in the fall. We've had years where we got math done earlier and either started something else or didn't, um, Nobody ever died from it. And so I just, I don't do the day-to-day like, and on Wednesday we'll be doing 13C. On Wednesday, we'll be doing the next page. I love that. Lisa, do you have anything to add that would be helpful as well? So I am a schedule follower. That's one of the things that drew me to sunlight. But um, one of the things that our family experienced is, just before my oldest went to kindergarten, my mother-in-law passed away unexpectedly and I started caring for my father-in-law. So while I appreciated the schedule and this was part of the bonus for me, um, there were days that didn't go as I had planned because of a medical emergency or just various things that I needed to attend to with my father-in-law. 
But um, because we had a schedule and I checked it off, whoever was keeping my kids was able to just pick up to the next thing. And as the Lord has ordained our life, um, I cared for an aging parent or relative, not the same one, but for the entire time that I was homeschooling my children. Um, my father-in-law passed and my mother got cancer. My mother passed, I cared for her husband. He passed and my husband's single aunt who had never married moved in with us. Um, so that schedule and the flexibility that having everything already planned out, like my brain was in the big blue binder, I didn't need to come up with something, um, made it so that I was available to do what needed to be done without stressing out. Um, and while I used the schedule, I didn't get bogged down that every read aloud, history spine, history reader, child's reader had to be on the same day. Um, our philosophy was we'll just do the next thing. And if it was one of those days that no one required anything extra of us, we might do two days of something to try to get things back into this same you know, month, I don't know. I mean, we were never all on the same week, uh, but we did use the schedule and I loved the schedule and it really helped us do what we needed to do. So I guess I'm in the middle of my box checker because we did everything in, you know, we did the mapping, we did the timeline, we did the things, um, but we did it just as our life allowed. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree with so much of that, Lisa. We, um, while I have no, like did not pay attention to the IG as a, like a dated schedule at all, I am a list maker. And so the list of like, and here's what you need to do. And here's what you need to do makes it so easy to stay on task without having to plan out every tiny thing. And so there were days we could get three days of history done with the mapping, with the timeline, with the, all the things. There were days that I was like, oh, we didn't do the timeline because we were homeschooling at the dentist office. And so, and so we do like three weeks of timeline all in, you know, one session. And so even though I never look at it as a scheduled thing, I love the IG for the list of, and then do this and then do this and then do this and that. And like you said, it saved me so much brain, <laughs> saved me so much angst, you know, that it's just all planned out and done so that like, I didn't have um, aging family members to take care of, but I had, I was either pregnant or nursing or had a toddler for 15 years straight. And so no extra bandwidth for like planning a fun thing. Like, let's just do the next thing. Thanks. <laughs> that is so true. I know um, having the, the questions for the readers has been great. Cause yeah, when I don't, once my daughter was able to read independently, I would send her off with her readers and I had no idea what she was reading, but those questions I was able to intelligently ask her like, oh, what did you read here? What did you learn? And, you know, and she had no idea, I think for two or three years that I was not also reading those books because the questions <laughs> were so helpful. Um, and then we've kind of taken the same approach, you know, early on, I was very structured of, okay, we have to do these things on day one. But as time has gone on, you know, if we're really enjoying what we're reading in history we do multiple days of history or you know if we have more time you know we'll do extra science in a day or you know we just kind of check off boxes as we do stuff 
So that way we know what we've done. But yeah, I agree. You don't have to, <laughs> you know, do an entire day all at once. Um, and I know, yeah, one of the advantages to Sunlight's Instructor's Guide is that it is all there. But for somebody maybe that's newer to Sunlight and not as familiar with it, it can seem very overwhelming, especially if you're doing more than one program because your kids are further apart in age. There's just, you know, that big fat binder with all that information. So what's a helpful way maybe to kind of condense that a little bit or really just focus on what you need to right now, um, where maybe you're not quite as overwhelmed by the volume of material in that IG. I always used a working binder. So I'd pull out about six weeks at a time, put it in a like one inch binder that does not look like failure. Um, that big one is so overwhelming to me visually. Um, I'd pull out like six weeks and just focus on that. And then when I had more than one HBL going at a time, it was six weeks of this kid, colored divider, six weeks of that kid, colored divider. And any worksheets we needed or any extra paper that I needed them to have all went in there. And then we could, you know, take a bag of books and the little binder, my working binder to the dentist office to get new tires, to the park, to soccer practice, to, you know, wherever we needed to be. And, um, you know, that made it work. So I think if you're overwhelmed by the schedule, and especially if you're doing multiple programs, I think the first thing you need to decide is what's most important to you. Um, you know, the illustration of a jar that has rocks and pebbles and sand, you have to put, it'll all fit, but not if you try to put the sand and the pebbles in first. You have to put your big rocks in. So for us, when we were in a time that was busy, what was most important was them reading their readers, doing math, and me reading something. Now, it, maybe one day it was a read aloud, and the next day it was history, but me spending time reading to them. So if that things, those three things were accomplished, we would consider it a good school day. Then we could add science and we could add language arts supplements or what have you. And then we could add, there was no um, hands-on history kit or lap books when I was in the younger grades, but I did try to find some activities that coordinated. So if that got put in last, because that was not what was most important to me, it might be what's most important to you. And so you need to put that in first, but I think just having a good, a conversation with your support and with your kids and making some decisions about what it is that's important. Because if you accomplish what's important, you feel like you accomplished something today. If you just ran around doing things that you didn't care about when you get to the end of the day, you think, I didn't do anything. And that's a terrible feeling um, for just a mom, but then for a homeschool mom, that's even worse. Yeah, that's so true. And I love how you pointed out, yeah, that there were certain things that that needs to be done. Um, and then the others were extras. I know like when my son was learning to read, he was struggling to remember the sounds of the letters, even, you know, from day to day. So we made that a really concerted effort of every day you're going to read something so that he could retain that information or like with math, anything where your kids might not remember it, if there's too much of a gap. Um, we definitely made that a priority daily, but like you said, the other things we might, you know, do more of a block or a loop schedule. Um, 
for people that aren't as familiar with that, can you guys kind of explain what that is and how that might make your life easier? Well, as I understand it, um, a loop schedule is to like you, you put your things in order. And then if we get the first five done, we start with number six tomorrow and then go back down from there. Um, I've always thought of that as like slacking on something different all the time. Like instead <laughs> of we always, 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 I kind of went the other way and said like, well, we've been, we've done really responsible math this week. So today when I know we're not going to get it all done, we're definitely going to write and we'll read. And if we have time, we will also do math, whatever. But that's more the idea of a loop schedule is that everything happens with the same, I guess it's the same frequency, but kind of on a rolling loop of we will start tomorrow where we left off today. Um, where block scheduling, in my mind, Lisa, correct me if I'm not thinking about it right, is like, so we're doing this only this semester and then next semester we're going to do something else. And I used that more in the like older middle school, high school. Like if we're doing economics, we're just going to do that in the fall. And then in the spring, we're going to put in driver's ed or we're going to put in what government or something else that's just a semester so it fills one time slot but we do a block of this here and a block of that there and that is a great way to use a block schedule you can also make the block schedule um tinier for lack of a better make your blocks smaller so a lot of times what we would do is say we're going to do history for 30 minutes so I, this was before Alexa, I wish I had Alexa then because she's great <laughs> at timers, but I would set the stove timer for 30 minutes and get the history book out, um, timeline mapping, whatever. And for the next 30 minutes, we did history. So it didn't matter if we did two days, three days, one day, whatever it was, we were spending a block of 30 minutes on history. And then we would switch to a block of 30 minutes on math or what have you. Um, so I know some people do that. Some other people block their schedule by only doing history, for instance, on Monday and Wednesday. So they would cover day one, day two on Monday and then not do history on Tuesday and then day three, day four on Wednesday, substituting something else in, science, read alouds, something extra maybe that you do on Tuesday, Thursday. So that's kind of a block schedule like the um, public school does, like A day, B day. Um, a lot of high schoolers will have A day, B day. So on A day, they go to algebra. On B day, they go to Spanish. So you can adjust your schedule, whatever fits your lifestyle. I mean, if you are a long thinker, um, I know when my kids were little, we would do science. Um, I found it took me longer to get to the science page in the instructor's guide, get the science book out, get the worksheet. And then we read it in like four minutes. Yes. And then I had to put the, note, put the worksheet back in the notebook, put the book back in the book basket, switch to something else. So I just found it easier to do a longer time of science and cover multiple days at once. So just depends on on what makes your life work better some people my do all their laundry is, on one day and some people do a load every day yep. 
My oldest agreed with Lisa. If we were going to take the time to get the science book out, we were going to read until she was tired of it. And so she wanted to do like a whole week at a time. And so that was my very early introduction to this does not have to go the way, the only way, you know, there's not just one way to do it. Like this does not have to go the way that maybe sunlight originally intended. Like this is for us to use in our best way possible. And I would rather read 30 minutes of science than deal with her telling me how dumb it is to only read for four minutes. So also it makes me feel really old to admit that we homeschooled with a stove timer because there were no smartphones. <laughs> but, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and yeah, and it went well. So it still worked, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a great suggestion, especially for science or anything hands-on. Um, cause I know like if I'm doing just a little bit each day and I feel like I'm running out of time, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that science experiment or I don't want to do that hands-on activity. But for my youngest, that's how he learns best. And so really being able to say like, okay, right now we are just focused on science for the week. We're going to do it all. You know, it, it makes it easier, I think, to get those things done mentally. Cause I'm like, okay, we've got plenty of time to get this done. Um, and then that way he's learning in the way he learns best versus my daughter who I could just read to her all day and she would retain everything. She doesn't really like hands-on stuff. So, you know, I've definitely taken a different approach the second time around too, with how, you know, each child learns. Um, but when it comes to multiple children, you know, we talk about combining into one HBL and then maybe separate grade levels if they're close in age. Um, but then if your kids are further apart, mine are five years apart, so they've never been combined. What's a good way to, you know, make sure that you're still teaching all of your children and not, you know, focused on one and then you miss out on the other one? Or how do you kind of stay on top of what everybody's doing if they're not doing the same thing? Um, I was, I'm a list maker. And so I make a list of what has to be done. And so we, I would just run through one kid at a time. My heaviest year I did, I homeschooled four all in separate, one in high school, one in middle school, one in elementary school, one in kindergarten. Um, but honestly, for the, the high school senior, I was much more of counselor coach. You know, I, we discussed, I read her, her written work. I helped her check her math when she needed help, but like she was taking a couple of college classes and she just didn't need me to be on top of her and sit down and read with her. Um, except when I was reading one of the little kids, a book she liked, and then she had to sit and listen to it. Um, and then of course the kindergartner, like that took me, I don't know what, 30 minutes a day because that kid knew that um, he, anybody in the house could read to him and did. And so when he was done, you know, having me read to him, he'd just take his next book and go to somebody else and they would read to him. And so it's kind of takes a village if you're doing a, a lot some people have parents who can help or a spouse who's available to do some of the, the reading or, you know, if dad is super good at math and science, you can um, source that to him. But uh, yeah, it's to make sure you get it all done. It either has to be for me, the only thing I'm doing or I need help. So we did, um, my girls are three years apart. So we did stay in the same 
HBO, but obviously they weren't in the same math, they weren't in the same reading. Um, so what I found worked best was um, I would do my older daughter, I would teach math on Monday and um, then she would do a little bit of work on Monday and then she could just pick it back up on Tuesday while I taught her sister math. And so then on Monday, her sister had done review. On Tuesday, I taught the new concept. She worked on that Wednesday while I was working with her older sister. So we just had a, kind of like an A day and a B day for math. Um, we used Explode the Code and Wordly Wise a lot for um, when I was teaching someone else um, because they always, the instructions are always the same. You know, in Explode the Code, you always circle the letters and then you circle the pictures and then you write the words. So they knew how to do that. And I would just say, oh, you're on unit three or whatever combined, uh, coordinated with their spelling words. And they just knew if they were idle, <laughs> uh, they could do that by themselves. Or same with Wordly Wise. You read the vocabulary words with the definitions, you read yeah. the story, you do the crossword puzzle, whatever. And they were able to do that on their own while I was helping someone else. Um, but not every day did everything get done. That's again, determining what's important. Um, so that was, was kind of how we rotated between without burning me out. Because, you know, if you have to, of course, what I do all day now, but if you have to teach math 14 times a day, your brain hurts and you can't do other things. So um, especially if you don't like math, you know, or whatever it is. Um, we also, when my girls did separate, we still kept some things together. I think if you, no matter how many HVLs you're doing, you can do one Bible. The Bible is the same. Um, you can do one poetry, you know, we're just learning to appreciate poetry. So don't feel like you have to do all that. Um, or you might, especially if you have kids going like V and G where you're studying ancient, you might drop a book from B because the G book is appropriate for everyone and it covers the same kind of topic. So I think there are ways that you can streamline. Um, and then I always tell people at conventions, you know, if you're doing the B and G thing or whatever and you skip a book in B, we read year round. So hey, that's one less trip to the library you have to make this summer because you didn't get two detectives and togas. Go ahead and pick that up and um, read that, you know, for free on the summer. Um, so I think you can streamline without sacrificing one child to the other. Well, and to build on what Lisa said, um, knowing that there have been years where I am going to be overwhelmed, whether it's a new baby or taking care of a family member or, you know, working or whatever the extra thing is that I, I can see the overwhelm coming. Some of the curriculum choices that I have made, I have made because I know I need it to be easy. There are more extensive ornate vocabulary programs out there, but I know if I use WordlyWise, it can be done almost independently. Uh, there are, you know, a thousand phonics programs out there, but I know that Explode the Code is going to be easy and familiar, and we will absolutely get it done. Where some of the more complicated things, I'm like, that looks amazing for people with bandwidth. <laughs> and so I sometimes pick the easy, effective thing over the fancy, 
like newest, latest, greatest, because I don't always have the bandwidth for that. And I know it. And I think admitting it is the first step. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, that was part of my motivation for sunlight was everything's already here. If you never supplement sunlight, your child is still going to have a very well-rounded education. They're going to learn everything that they need. Um, And I love, Lisa, what you brought out about doing like B and G together because that's actually what my kids and I have done. They have that five-year gap. So like they did BNG together right now, they're doing C and H together. And so my daughter who did all of those books when she was younger and doesn't remember all of them, it's still relevant to what she's learning, you know, in the higher level because it's still a similar time period. Um, and so, and I've done kind of a little bit of what both of you said, either, you know, where I have one child working independently while I'm working with the other one and I kind of go back and forth. Um, when my husband started working remotely, now we kind of take a tag team approach where I take one child, he takes the other, and we teach that child our favorite things, and then we switch. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of options, I think, like that, where, yeah, either, you know, work with one and then the other, or sometimes I have them sit at the table with me, and, you know, I I might be asking history questions to my daughter while my son's doing math, and then I'll switch over to him and check his math while she reads something out loud, Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of great ways to do that. Um, but when it comes to the amount of time it takes, I know we always include those time estimates for each program on the website or the catalog. And a lot of times people will say, oh, it only takes a few hours a day to homeschool. But what about if you, you're, you know, starting out or you hit kind of a snag where you feel like your days drag on and on and you cannot get everyone to get done in any sort of normal time frame or what you need them to uh, what can you do to maybe make those days easier or hone in on why it's taking so long and maybe figure out what to drop so that it isn't taking as long? Well, I think Lisa said something genius earlier, which is that like, if you're reading aloud poetry, that can count for everybody. Poetry is poetry. Uh, if you're doing Bible, you can check that off everybody's box, put them all in the same room, do Bible, check it off everybody's box. Bam, there's like eight things done. Um, you know. Oh, Jen, we lost your sound. <laughs> and now you're frozen. One <laughs> And like, look at you reading to every kid today. That's fantastic. Jen, your sound went out there, so we missed a lot of that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was very animated. And yeah, it was anything. I'll try again. Um, <laughs> so in a day where you've got the bandwidth for it, if you want to read to everyone, great. Read separately to everyone. If you don't have the bandwidth for that, if you read one book aloud to all of them, That totally counts. The point is to read to your kids. The point is the amazing literature. There's nothing magical about any one book that makes the day ruined if you did not get to that one. Math, you got to all do it. I don't care what your sister did. You still have to do your own math. (laughs) But all of those couch subjects, if it's overwhelming, just do it with every, do one thing with everybody. I think another thing, if you feel like you're overwhelmed, that school is taking all day. I think it's important to have a hard stop time. Um, 
because as homeschooling moms, we have other responsibilities, whether they're inside the home or outside the home. Dinner still has to be cooked. Kids still need to be ferried to and fro. Um, you may be caring for someone else. You may have younger children. There's always something more to do. And the worst homeschooling mom is a homeschooling mom that doesn't ever stop. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important to have a, a break time. Um, and if the reason that your schooling is going so long is because one of your children is not working diligently or giving it their best, I am not above assigning that for homework or Saturday morning or whatever. Um, mom is finished. The teacher has left the building. Um, I'm sorry you didn't finish your math, sweetie. I hope you can figure that out. Um, and, you know, I'm available tomorrow to correct, answer questions. But for tonight, you're going to maybe need to go to your room and sit down with your math or whatever. And not in a punishment way, but that's part of life. We have to manage our time. And there's times that we don't have to work so diligently at things. And there's times that we do. Um, if you don't like math, I'm sorry. I don't like doing laundry. I told my kids that all the time. I don't like doing laundry, but no one out there wants to see what happens when I don't have any clean clothes. So I do laundry. Um, and that's my job. Your job is math or science or reading or writing or whatever that thing is. So I do think um, sometimes it's just that you're doing more than you can do and having a hard stop time and maybe using that loop schedule like Jen was talking about. We didn't get, we only got this far. So we're going to start with step seven tomorrow. Yeah. But if it's a, if it's a diligence issue, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying school ends at three. That's your homework. See you when you're or done. On the, on the flip side for us who are night owls, um, if, you know, like I have teenagers who come to me at 10 o'clock, can we talk about Eastern Hemisphere? Uh, sure, I would love to. <laughs> Mom, can you help me with this government homework? Yes, I would love to. But sometimes that means we don't start until like 11 a.m. because Mama needs a blocked off time. Like right now, my day off in the week is Friday morning. I don't accomplish on Friday morning. I don't have to. It's my day off. And so like we, knowing that my night owls were going to do that to me, I just went the other way and started later. Like I'm not on duty yet until 11. And then, you know, you can have me until midnight, but not if I start at 8 a.m. So you do you. I mean, that's part of the glory of homeschooling is that like Lisa's homeschool was amazing. She is the best mom. She's a fantastic teacher. It doesn't look anything like that in my house. And that's so okay. Yeah, that's very true. You both mentioned, yeah, setting it to your schedule, your kids' schedules, those personality things. I know we're night owls in our house too. So don't bother me at 8 p.m. because I'm teaching. <laughs> at 8 a.m., I'm barely waking up, but you know, noon, that's when I'm available. You know, so yeah, that's that's so true. Um, another helpful thing that I found is when you're teaching and you're in your school day, do not be trying to do other things. So whether that's you know cleaning your kitchen, doing that laundry Lisa mentioned, you know, answering the phone, anything like that, especially when you're starting out, is very much a distraction and it's hard hard to focus on, you know, school, and then it feels like you're just spinning your wheels, but not getting anything done. So 
when I'm teaching, I do not answer my phone or text messages, you know, like, because I am focused on teaching at that time. And if the kitchen's a mess, it'll wait until everybody's done with their school and then we'll clean it up. Um, so that's something that I've done there. Lisa, you also mentioned the importance of taking some time off um, and not constantly go, go, going. So is that something that you should plan, you know, early on, like in your schedule, we're going to take, you know, this week off after five weeks, or is that something that when you hit that wall and you're feeling overwhelmed, you should feel free to say, okay, I'm, we're not going to do school tomorrow. You know, how do you kind of plan for those things, um, you know, and when you need that rest? I think that very much depends on your personality. Um, at church, we were focusing on marriage and we we're supposed to think about things that our life was improved because of our spouse. And I'm not a spontaneous person. If you ask me, well, what are we having for dinner? I'm like, well, what's for lunch? I need to know because what I have for lunch is going to affect my dinner choice. Um, my husband is like, yeah, whatever, you know, and that is one thing that he has improved in me is that I can be a little more spontaneous. So for me, no. Just saying, oh, we're not going to do school tomorrow. That that was not a thing for me. But I know for a lot of people, that is. They do the, we're going to school until everybody hates each other or just before that. So we avoid everyone hating each other. And then we're going to take, you know, three days, five days, seven days of their school field trips. Um, that is not my personality. My personality was we're going to do school until May 22nd and then we're off. Um, so I think both are valid. Um, it just depends on how your family vibes. Um, and if I would imagine that Jen is much more of a, oh yeah, yesterday was a bad day. No school. Um, you know, and that is awesome. That's the beauty of what we're doing. So I think if you're a spontaneous person, go for it. Just say, hey, we've been working really hard. We're going to take this week off. If you're an unspontaneous person, you're going to say, we'll be off on whatever day that is. We just had this conversation this morning with my seventh grader. Um, he said, when are we stopping for Christmas? I said, when this chapter of Worldly Wise is done and this much writing is done and this chapter of math is done and these two books are finished, we'll be done. You want to go finish that today? Sweet. You want to work until the 24th? Yuck, but awesome. okay. <laughs> Life has consequences and your work day is over when your work is done. And so, um, yeah, well, I have no idea what day that will be. I can keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be before next Friday because that is my high schooler's last day of school. And if she is off and he is still working, he will be... <laughs> like gnashing his teeth about it. So my bet is like, maybe, maybe Wednesday, maybe not. Don't really know. That would drive Lisa crazy. I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> but it's okay to just do it your way. Like mm -hmm. I can say that and the homeschool police are not coming. It doesn't drive me crazy. It, I'm okay. Not knowing I I'm okay being done with math when we're done with math. And if we're not done with math, we'll either take a break or work over the summer or put the book away and start the next thing. And it's completely up to me. And I'm, I'm good with that because even if you do not do every single thing, like I did not do every single thing. We skipped books. I gave my kids a pass. 
on a couple of little things. You know, there were things they never conquered and my older two are both adulting. And nobody is coming after them being like, so that algebra two grade, let's talk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, their, their consequences, if they go to take another math class, they might regret not really having dug into it the first round. But at this point, they're in their 20s. And that is, there's nothing I can do about that. Not within my sphere of influence anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And something you said there reminded me too, like your kids don't have to be on the same page all the time either. I know uh, my daughter is great about working ahead. If I say, okay, you know, we, we usually plan, like I look when I kind of want to be off at Christmas and we plan to get 18 weeks done by that date. Um, but she, I allow her to kind of work through at her own pace. So like right now she's on week 17. Um, my son is on week 14 or 15 because I've gotten behind on some things and he's still young enough. I have to do more of the actual teaching with him. Um, and that's not uncommon for us at the end of the year either, where she will finish, you know, five weeks before him. Um, and as he gets older, of course, and can do more independently, I will turn more over to him as well. But I just tell them, you know, here's where we're at. Here's what I need you to be done with today. And then, you know, if you want to do more, you can, if you want to read ahead, you can. Um, and so that's how she usually ends up ahead of him. But, but as we've done it longer and I've seen, okay, it will be okay. <laughs> you know, I joke that I want to be done by middle of May, but as long as we're done within the calendar year, that's all <laughs> my state requires. That's all, you know, that we really need to do. So I can be a little more spontaneous if, you know, somebody says, hey, I'm coming to town in three weeks, would love to see you. You know, we can take that time off and, and not feel like we have to stick to a strict schedule. Yeah. Um, and Lisa, you mentioned your husband being your opposite and more laid back and spontaneous. And I think that's true of most couples. So what about if you're the primary homeschool parent and you're the laid back flexible one, but your spouse is a little concerned and maybe trying to micromanage your time or saying, you know, oh, you're not getting things done each day, but they're not the one there, you know, really overseeing it. How do you handle those situations to make sure the two of you are on the same page and that the kids are still learning everything that you set out, you know, as your goal as a family? So in my house, that was where a good, hard discussion about priorities came in. Like, so what are you concerned that I'm not doing? Well, mm -hmm. you know, they're not learning their math. Okay. What math do you think they need to be learning? Well, they should be, okay, they're doing that. I know it doesn't look, um, it doesn't look military, but that doesn't mean it's not rigorous. You know, just because I'm not making them do 25 pages of practice for every single concept, like I'm making sure they've mastered the concept and then we may move on. And that might be fast and that might be terribly slow, even on the same kid. Um, we also had that discussion when the second kid didn't school and learn like the first kid. And so there was a lot of, you know, he's not even sitting down. Like, well, if he sits down, he can't actually think. So the bouncing and the, the twisting and the wiggling and the holding onto the table is actually okay with me because if I ask him questions, he's listening. And if he sits down, like that's all he's doing is sitting still. And it's so intense that he can't even hear me. Um, so we had to have a conversation over and over and over about priorities. What are you concerned about? Because I mean, this was their dad. 
He is the person in the world other than me who has the most investment, the most love, the most concern for these particular children. You know, his, even when he disagreed with me, his motives were pure and I have to respect that. And so to investigate what the concerns are, what's the worry? Are you worried that like, it's not going to look rigorous enough to your mom? Are you worried that they're not going to get into Harvard? Like, those are really different conversations. But as the one who was like, woo, whatever, like part of it for me was that he saw sometimes what we did at home. Like if he had a day off and he was at home and he was like, so this is how it goes every day. Uh, what he didn't see was that I schooled at soccer practice four nights a week. And so there was a lot more going on than was going on in the kitchen. And so once he realized that like, we actually are doing all these things, like I'm not, I'm literally not always checking the boxes. I'm just not that kind of girl, but like they know stuff, they know, you know, it's, it's going well. Um, but the, the beginning of that was me respecting his concern as the more type A person. I think another thing you can do um, in that conversation is if it's a math, you know, if that's what your husband is really concerned about. Well, is there a way you could turn that over to him? Um, could math happen, you know, between five and six while you're cooking dinner when he gets home or on Saturday and then just have homework for the week? Um, so I, I do agree with Jen. Um, I always would counsel anyone that your marriage is the most important relationship other than your relationship with God. And if your husband is not on board, there needs to be some kind of check somewhere. Um, even up into sending your kids to school. If that really is where your husband feels like the Lord is leading, um, then... I always say I'm really glad I'm not a man because I only have to answer for whether I followed or not followed. I don't have to do the deciding. Um, so I, I think there is some validity in validating what your husband is feeling. But if you can, you know, if he's willing, if he's that concerned and you've talked and there's a standardized test and he's not buying any of that that you're selling, then is there a way to outsource that to him? And does it mean you need to mow the grass on, you know, on Saturday because he's teaching math? You know, I, I think there's lots of trade-offs that we can do for what's important to one, maybe not as important to the other, but we still need to recognize that it's important to the one it's important to. Mm -hmm. and, and that extends past homeschool. You know, there's all the things. I mean, that's living with people. Yeah. If everyone was like you, then... Personally, maybe it'd be great. I don't know. Probably boring. <laughs> <laughs> Probably boring. So yeah, we have to adapt. That's part of what we're called to do. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and I think like you said, outsourcing some things to your spouse is a great idea. Um, I think so many people have it in their mind that the mom is the homeschool parent. And, you know, the more sunlighters that I talk to and the more people I talk to that homeschool, you realize that dads want to be involved and they are oftentimes very involved in either teaching a subject or, you know, I'm the more uptight. So my husband's like, tell me what you want me to do. And I will, you know, teach that, or I will listen to the child reader. I will read to them. And, 
yeah, and it's been really fun for him to take that role in our homeschool too, and for our kids to learn from him as well. And yeah, really, I feel like it's brought us closer as a family too, because we're all knowing what each other is doing. So Jen, Lisa, thank you so much for being here and letting us know not only how to take a flexible approach, but that it's okay to do that. Um, and you can enjoy your homeschool experience, even if you don't like schedules or, you know, doing those types of things. Uh, your advice has been great. And as always, if anyone watching is struggling with a particular situation, you know, please reach out to our Sunlight Advisors and Mentors on our website, Facebook, and in the Sunlight app. We would love to help you out. And thank you so much, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.